You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. She was 11 when she got an Instagram account. What I'm worried about is um, what he's accessing. Anybody can come up to you online and, and say, hello, come and talk to me. And it's that, it's that kind of thing that worries me the most. Hi, I'm Vicky Neve. I'm a journalist, Instagrammer and mum of four. Today I'm at Facebook headquarters in London where Instagram are hosting an event about parenting in the digital age and how parents can best support their teens on social media. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things social media and teens with Mumsnet CEO and founder Justine Roberts, Diana Award CEO Tessie Ojo, presenter and today's moderator Claudia Winkleman and Liberty Neve, my 17-year-old daughter who joined Instagram a few years ago and got a public account earlier this year. First off, I wanted to speak to parents in the audience and find out what their experience of teens and social media has been. Um, I tried talking to him about it, but he doesn't really listen a lot. She's only just gone on. We had lots of arguments about it because she's only just turned 13. The greatest fear I have with my children and social media is uh, cyberbullying. I'm scared that my children might get groomed. I'm scared that they'll meet someone horrible on the internet. That's my biggest fear. Uh, And also that they'll be bullied. I think that's one of the biggest fears as a mum. You know, they're doing direct messages between their kind of group of friends. Mostly, I'm keen to know that she's behaving Appropriately. I've heard a lot of things about children posting images that aren't appropriate and, you know, and online grooming and that sort of thing that really scares me. Having an account like that leaves you open to anybody and anyone, regardless of who they are, approaching you. She did set up an Instagram account twice, without my knowledge, when she was about 11. Anytime you try to lock down their activity on Instagram... They all just find a way to do it privately behind your back without you knowing. All of my daughter's friends have private accounts that their parents don't know about. It's a bit like stranger danger in the real world, but amplified by a bajillion. I mean, you can't. This is it. You can't keep them in a bubble. Um, Apparently, it's illegal. We have tried it, and it's literally illegal. So we can't do that. So. So it seems like I'm not the only one that's worrying about it. But in this day and age, social media is an inevitable part of our children's lives. I sat down with Justine, Tessie, Claudia and my daughter Liberty to discuss some of our experiences and biggest concerns. Uh, Justine, let me start with you. Before we talk about um, arguments with our kids or the way our children use social media, how do you use it? So my social media use, I follow the news on Twitter. And then when I'm on holiday and I have time, I will do a flurry of Instagram. So if you look at my Instagram, you will only see pictures of kind of extraordinary rocks in the sea uh, in Sicily and sunsets and volcanoes. Uh, Liberty, you are our younger generation. How do you use it? I mean, is it the first thing you look at or are you quite relaxed? You just look at it on a Sunday? Um, no, I look at it all the time. Yeah. Um, Vicky, you love Instagram and you and you enjoy using it. Yeah, two years ago, I thought it was a super scary place that all the kids hung out and I didn't have a clue what was going on. Um, Apart from I was spying on my children. So I just was on there to see what they were posting and just checking that it was appropriate. But I muck about, I was going to be rude, but I muck about on stories and people just seem to like watching us having a bit of a giggle. Um, It's massively helped me understand what this lot are doing 
and any of the negative side of it that I can try and guide them and go, this could happen. Um, she's the only one that's not private. The rest of them, they're private. But even still, it's just it's just understanding the app. And I didn't. I didn't. Until two years ago, I just thought, I thought it was avocado on toast. Tessie, you run the most extraordinary charity that helps so many children. How do you use it yourself? I use my Instagram page as an extension to our work. I use it a lot for advocacy, for raising awareness about stuff. So we have kind of the serious bits that happen. But I use Instagram as kind of the social aspect of it, the behind the scenes, some of what the young people were saying. But I also use it myself just to talk about inspiration, the things that generally inspire me. On the subject of children, um, I've got three. How do you... You've got four, ranging from, I believe, 20 to 13. 12. 12. 12. Um, how do you navigate that? Is, is it constantly you going, get off it, or they don't need to see that, or does, does it worry you? Well, I suppose it worries me in a sort of overall sense of, are they spending too much time on it? I, I still haven't really got to grips with this idea of, of what is the right amount of time, and should they all be outside whittling sticks, you know, and... Reading Dickens. Exactly. That's what I tell and, my and kids. Then I think, How well, old are you? <laughs> yeah. And then I think, well, that is ridiculous. So, um, and it's obviously a massive social tool. So the other problem I have as a parent is, you know, I want to, um, obviously, we all want our kids to be socially happy. And I, but I, and I don't want to be that sort of obsessive, eavesdroppy parent. Mm. So I think negotiating those two things one is a sort of digital lifestyle are they addicted are they going pale in the basement while other kids are frolicking in the fields um and then the other which is you know more about um their usage generally and whether whether you should how much you should control how much you should be an overseer and and i think we are a bit of a guinea pig generation and and i think a lot of these questions will be easier for the next generation we have some pretty basic ground rules in our house which is around you know don't do it at dinner don't have it in your room before you go to bed at night but there's not much else going on in terms of you know hours per day and stuff like that liberty i often think well my 15 year old son tells me that the younger generation should be sort of teaching us and he knows when to step away from it do you and your friends who might be hassle you've got a very cool mum who might be like put it down don't charge it do this do that do you want to go no we we know what we're doing um, I think at the moment, because I'm still at school, a lot of the time I feel guilty if I'm on my phone too much because I feel like I should be doing schoolwork. But if I didn't have other things to do, I feel like it would be difficult for me to tell myself to turn my phone off. Yeah. Good girl, doing A-level. <laughs> He's really good. Um, uh, do you worry? Do you have ground rules? Yeah, so we, when she first went on, we have, you know everyone says do, um, what would Beyonce do? In our house we have, what would Namar say? And uh, if Namar wouldn't agree with that post or that picture, you don't put it on. And the biggest thing I have to talk to them about when they go on it, and we make them, um, if they're going to post something when they're 13, you go, right, you show us, and then we'll read it, and then we can talk about it, and then if it's right, then you post it, and then they'll come to you, and then they don't really do, they don't actually want to post that much, um, but then we just sort of, Literally, Nemma is in control, isn't she? What's Do you worry that? about the time spent thinking about it and doing it? Yeah, there is a huge concern of how long they're on it. But um, 
I say to them, there's an element of trust from the off. I've got to trust you in this slightly. And it's so hard as a parent to to trust them because I don't know why, but you just don't. You think, oh, what are you going to be doing? It's going to be awful. And actually having her... Um, older when the others they've only really just started using it themselves the other two and I would I was really worried about Tommy because tone of voice in a in the written word is so different and he couldn't understand that they didn't get his sarcasm like he'd write something and he'd go but I think that's really funny and he would say it and in in his voice that's really funny but not in the written word it actually sounds really rude and it's horrible so we have to talk to them about tone and that's what's super hard and I think they I think they do I think you're all quite good at going actually it's too much um and you know mum's got a phone in her hand quite a lot as well so they they tell me off Tessie, talk to me about, you know, there's so many people you look after, your own children. I mean, do you say, guys, you have to sometimes just put it away or go ahead and do it? Well, there's two things. So at the Diana Award, we constantly encourage young people to think about how to use social media in the right way. You know, we we encourage young people to live their best lives. And I think the first thing is young people don't have two lives. There's there's not an online life and an offline life. And it's about teaching them how... How do you want to live your best life? What does your best life feel like? And how do you want to live that? So we talk about the values, the values that you want to govern your life with. So for example, a value might be kindness. What does kindness mean on and offline? How can you be kind to others when you're online and offline? But also how can you be kind to yourself in your own self-care? And so what? how do you stop being online if you need to take time off? So we always talk about it in that way and it's in. Th- how do you think about your own values? What does your values mean? And how can you translate that in your everyday living? And so that's kind of what we do with uh, through the work that we do. But also even as a parent, you know, that's kind of how we, we approach um, online. And I mean, my kids are 20 and 18, so a bit older, but we all grew up with digital technology. We, we, I, I set up the first Facebook account for my kids when they, when they were of age and Instagram and all and Snap and everything. But we constantly come back to conversations and now they're le- they've left home, they're at university. But just last, this weekend they were home and we had conversations about critical thinking and all the things that we talked about when they were young. But I think that's the message. It's about, look, as adults, we have the emotional intelligence. Young people have the digital intelligence. We need to bring both together. And we need to talk about living our best lives all the time. Oh, I have to tell you this. The other thing we constantly do when we see um, a challenge, like there are challenges all the time on on, um, Instagram. Like, I don't know if you, like, in my feelings challenge. Does anybody know that challenge? Oh, good few. So in my feelings challenge is a dance challenge where you have to actually do a dance and it's quite it's it's some you know we anyway we we decided to look at all of the videos we did that on a Sunday night and we rate them according to safety which is really stupid which is very safe and those are really interesting conversations because that conversation leads to actually that's really silly like you could just die that's stupid and so we always reenact one ourselves in our house and we kind of like okay this is what we would do this is what we would do but it's about dialogue and fun and just living your best life all the time and it's not scary it's just bringing those conversations about what would you do about this what do you think the right approach to this is so that's kind of what we do in our house in our home and 
I miss them not being around, and but we still, even though they're out at university, we're still having those conversations. And even through our work at the Diana Ward is constantly allowing young people to think creatively, but within a good safety I, net. Um, we need to talk about safety online and how we keep our children safe. Although you were brilliant outside, Tessie, and said that there's a lot of scaremongering. And actually if they have a private account and they know absolutely everybody they're following, is it? would you agree with them? I think it's important to have the safety conversations. And I think that it's never a one-off conversation. It's almost like um, the bees and the bees. You constant, know that you yeah. constantly remind. And that com- that kind of ties into the values as well. Like you, you kind of talk about... W- one of the things I asked my daughter this weekend was, if you were talking to your 13-year-old self, what would you say? She goes, um, do not follow numbers. You know, don't be crazy about followers. Like, start off with a private account and know the people that you follow and think about why you want to follow these people. Um, so that, that's quite important because who you let into your life is really important. And so I think with every parent, does come, and it's not around trying to scare people or try to just talk about what, why do you, would you randomly follow a stranger on the street? Would you randomly see a stranger on the road and say, I would if it was Madonna. Well, probably, but then. (laughs) Or or the other thing we say to young people at the Diana Awards, would you share your toothbrush? Would you share a toothbrush? You wouldn't. So why do you share your password? Or why do you share stuff that's private? When something's private, keep it private. And it's important to have those conversations. You know, not everyone has great homes. Not everyone has great caregivers you know they are young people who are incredibly vulnerable and it's important that they understand what safety is and it's important that those who are around those young people like educators in particular know the right things around safety you know those tools there are amazing blocking and all those the filters everything's there for a reason let's encourage young people to start up from there the other thing that i thought is really important coming back to the conversation we're just having was around critical thinking we live in a society about fake news, whether it's fake giveaways and all those fake accounts that if you follow me, you will get a million followers. There's loads of fake stuff out there. And it's important to allow young people to understand how to think critically and use their filters just in their brains to think about, actually, is this real? Um, Vicky, how do you keep Liberty and your other children safe online? I think um, it's one of those conversations you've just got to keep having. I think a lot of people maybe go, oh, you're on there, let's have the talk, and then boom, and then you release them. But it's it's not. It's something you have to keep keep on at them about. Um, and it's, it's evolving around us. It's changing all the time. Um, and I think schools have been really good, but schools... With, from the parenting side, teaching me about Instagram, I feel like all I get is the scaremongering and this is a dangerous place and we've got to protect our children, which is brilliant. But also, let's talk to them and work out how they're using it and why they're using it. And then the more we can understand why they're on it and what they enjoy about it, then actually we can help them. And then it's, it is about the conversation and, and really, really communicating with them. And from, from I mean, Liberty has been a dream and then and I thought it was all down to my parenting and it really isn't so then you know I've got the next three who are really just making me look a complete tick so um I'm learning all the time and I often now will turn to Libs and say right they're doing that how how do I stop that and what what are they doing um and it's the the DM side of things you know I didn't really sort of imagine a lot was going on in there and then 
one of my sons, I was like, oh, okay, so that's happening. Okay, so now I've got to talk to you about that. And it's not just what I can see, it's this whole other world. Um, and and it's, it literally is communicating. It is, it's, it's saying that it's real life. It is real life and we have to just prepare them. And ma- like simple things that really wind me up, manners, like... Let's, let's have manners on there. Let's think, think kindly, think nice. And like everything. Yeah. I like everything. I don't yeah. even know what I'm looking at. Give I just that want to like just everything. <coughs> Always. Yeah. Uh, Liberty, do you, do you, I don't even want to say, do you know what to look out for, but how do you stay safe? Um, I think mainly it's just a relationship I have with my mum because anytime I see anything that I think that's a bit weird or a bit funny, I'll just show my mum straight away. So, and then she'll tell me like, no, that's weird. Just block them, delete that. Um, we, we block a lot. Yeah, we do. But yeah, if if there's any sign of anything weird, just block it. Yeah, Justine, you've got big ones and a little one. Are those safety conversations important in your house? Um, well, I think I've been much more lax. And I, you see, I look at these two and think they're the dream couple because they kind of do it together. But m- that isn't the case in most families. There isn't, you know, that sort of joint approach to um, to social media, um, and very often parents don't know what tools are available so you know they wouldn't be able to say well you can always do this that and the other so then I think if we're realistic about it what those parents need to do is make sure that they are there to consult I mean look for your young ones you can but quite frankly when by the time kids get to 13 it's quite hard and then you want to be the person that they confide in and it's just like any other form of parenting really do you have a dialogue are you available at the times quite they want to talk to you not when you want to talk to them and will they come to you with a concern because I I think to expect every parent to know how every tool works is quite tricky I think Instagram are trying to help but things are changing all the time and and the types of accounts and the types of trends are changing all the time. So I think the key then is to have a dialogue with your kids that they will at least come to you if they have a worry. Okay, thank you. Um, does anybody have any questions? Just shout. Yes, please. Hi there. Um, I've, we've, there's been a lot of discussion about conversations that you're having with, with your kids. But I'm just curious, from your personal experience, when do you actually when have you started having the conversations about online safety, digital resilience... So at the Darren Awards, we we run our programs across schools and we encourage schools. We start as early as um, late primary. So very, very, I mean, mid-primary school. So from about six, seven. The key thing we talk about at that stage is the values. What values do you want to live by? Because if young people get their values right from the start, when you're online, if if you understand what kindness means and if you understand what respect means, when you get online, you will take those values with you. And then where you're, you're not likely to be the person who's the bully or who, who says unkind words. And so as early as possible, I would definitely encourage. However, I think it's also important as a parent, for me as a parent, I remember when my youngest was in, in year six. And I remember he constantly saying, but mom, everyone's having, this was Facebook at the time, everyone's going on Facebook, can I go? And I said, no, you can't. And then I remember one day getting a, a notice from a message on my Facebook page from his friend Joe. And Joe says to me, dear Mrs. Ojo, everyone in year six has Facebook, only Jonathan. We're organizing a party and he's going to miss out. And I replied, Joe, like, Joe, you shouldn't be on Facebook. And I do know people at Facebook, so I will tell them you're on Facebook. <laughs> and I went, P.S., I will let Jonathan know there's a party. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, and I, you know, and, and bless him, he, my son didn't actually have a Facebook until he was 13. And, but we kind of made it clear that you're not missing out. It's okay. I didn't, this is not interesting, but I didn't let my eldest do anything. I literally gave him some books and an abacus. And I, when I look back at it, I think I probably get, did him a slight disservice because he was just the last one. And I don't think he should be the first. I don't think it should be la- the last. But I think they all just thought he was... A dinosaur, or I was. Hello. I just wanted to, um, A, congratulate Vicky and Liberty on having such an evolved, positive relationship. My 13-year-old, as far as I'm concerned, could effectively be mute for all the conversations that she will have with me. She's 13 and on Instagram, and I think what terrifies me is that I can have all the conversations in the world with her, but at 13, they're already sharing nudes. They're drinking and sharing it on Instagram stories. They're using language and accessing content, the likes of which I've never seen on the internet, and I've been around a bit in a nice way. Um, And it's just kind of actually, where do you have that conversation when you have one of those 13-year-olds who thinks that you're lame and kind of wishes you didn't exist. And also, just a little comment that we're all monitoring each other's kids, and I think that's really how my peer group is surviving, in that we're not allowed to interact with our own children online, but all of her friends think I'm cool, and therefore I'm allowed to follow their Instagram stories and see who's drinking gin on a Friday night when they shouldn't be. Um, But have you got any tips for those other teenagers that don't realise how amazing we are? (laughs) Yeah, my other three don't realise how amazing I am no um and I think as long as you've got your side of the conversation open and you can't force them I can't force them to talk to me but I can they have to listen because they're in the same room if I lock them in so um you know I'm there I say my bit and um and Liberty was right um saying to me once with actually only recently is that there has to be an element of trust as well so it is super hard. See, I trust her to an extent, but I trust software more. So I do use quite a lot of monitoring because I think the responsibility then isn't on her to kind of grass up her mates, that her mates are drinking gin and spending the night with their boyfriends, that actually she knows that I will pick that up. And if need be, I will have a chat with somebody else's mum. Yeah, I mean, and that's totally your cool um i think all you can do as a parent is keep your side open and let them know that when they need to you're there and you're you are giving them the facts and you're giving them i mean school does give them a huge amount of i mean it seemed like every other week they were having a talk about sharing sexual content about um showing that you're drinking and leaving that social media footprint behind when you're looking for work and things so they are being talked to by various um angles they're all coming at them so i think it's it's about being open and supportive and saying look you're on there i'm here i think the other thing that absolutely i think there's two other things i would like to add sometimes young people uh, well we know from research that young people are more likely to speak to an older peer when they're in problem when there's a problem it's important if your if if it's important to have good people around your child, and if they're not talking to you, make sure that they have good friends or good older siblings or cousins or other people in their life. I remember when my daughter first went to university, she blocked me on in, on Snapchat. I'm still blocked on Snapchat, so, but I knew that I knew we had done enough. We had had enough good conversations and she was going into university, she was going to experiment and that's cool. But I also knew that she had older cousins who were on her Snap page and they could 
kind of say, oh, girl, you're doing too much. And, um, and so I kind of was at peace with that. And every time I said to her, am I going to be allowed on your snap? She goes, no, you, you're on enough social platforms. That's enough. Yeah. Don't be on my, that's kind of my friend zone. But that's cool. I'm happy with that. And one of the things we constantly say to um, young people is just have a trusted friend, have someone that would lead you right sometimes, and sometimes you would lead them right. So I wouldn't worry too much if your child doesn't allow you on their Instagram or just make sure that there's somebody else there that can actually have those important conversations with them. And don't forget your own power as well. I mean, who pays her phone bill? And the other <laughs> thing is... 13-year-olds are supposed to think their mums are total Muppets. But then you really are, because they change so fast. So I thought I'd done like the screen control thing on the new Apple thing where you can shut down. They all worked out within 10 minutes that if you change the time zone that your phone's on, you can bypass <laughs> all the controls. They're smart. They're wicked smart. Yeah, see, I'm, I'd just take the phone. So they can't muck with it then. Um, so I've got a question about status and um, likes. I know you said that you follow, you view your your feed as a magazine, but for a lot of children, and I've got a 13-year-old and 12-year-old, um, there's a lot of status attached to likes, um, liking pictures, who they who they list as their pals on the, um, their profile and their bio, um, and things like that. And there's a big difference between maturity between a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, and I want to know how you would, you know, advocate, you know, managing that. We we do have a really good relationship, and, and the others as well, but I am probably quite hard as well, so I will say, it. Look, you look a complete dickhead. If you list your friends, you could fall out with them next week. Do not be doing that. I don't want to see that. You, if you go on here, these are the rules. These are my rules. You either stick to them or you come off and... And then you'll find that they've got a second account, yeah, or a third, or a fourth. And and you know, and we're talking about real world here. You know, um, lots of my boys' friends follow me, and my brother is is my pal, and he's on all their social media accounts, and he he manages a lot of it for me. But there's there's aspects on their um, DMs, especially yeah, DMs. Where, where my my youngest son, um, we have a thing where if he saves anything to screenshot, I get a copy of it. And I was away this weekend and came in to check my, my phone to find some DM messages where effectively he was being bullied. And the words used on there were not filtered. They were appalling words that I wouldn't expect a 13-year-old to use. Um, and you can't, either, unless your child is willing to share their account password with you, you don't get to see their DMs. I mean, it's a, it's... It comes back to this idea, you, you can't control everything. It's uncontrollable. And therefore, I think the only sensible advice is you have to keep checking in and then, you know, you have to keep escalating it if it's an issue. So what you've just described is something that you would immediately talk to the school about, right? I mean, No, because it was done outside of a school time. It was done at a weekend. The school, will not, the school will not get involved in any bullying that's done outside of school time. Two yeah. different schools. Okay. Well, I mean, then I suppose it's you'd have to talk to the parents of those. I mean, but none of this is easy, but these are what well, all social media is is a vehicle for what happens yeah, anyway. I'm really and, lucky and the that difference I have is that. you can hear it. Yeah, and I have you that relationship with my son that he, yeah. he that he knows that those were seen and that he felt secure in me me seeing that. But there's lots of children out there that don't have that relationship and this is the reality of what 
actually goes on with people that I talk to. It's very, Vicky, you know, hands up to you. It's very unusual to have that sort of relationship with your, with your family, as far as yeah. I'm aware. And it's, it's just very hard. It is hard. Especially I mean, I don't think anyone's pretending it is. It, I mean, it has opened up a world where, you know, it's very easy to communicate and that's good and bad, right? And the bad communication happens too. Um, but I think what you're doing sounds like the right set of measures and it's but no one's suggesting it's easy absolutely i think i hear what you're saying and this this is part of what we we try and tackle at the diana award it's about education technology doesn't prevent bad behavior sadly you know what we're talking about is people behave badly on or offline and if we what we need to do is firstly readdress where where does this come from let's talk about behavior Let's educate young people from a very early age. And yes, you, you know, a time comes when you can't see everything that's going on, but you hope that your child knows the, what to do. You know, important, if, if we, you know, one of the key things that young people should, all, we should always encourage young people to do is to tell someone, never suffer in silence. If something's going on, it's about encouraging those conversations. Tell someone, tell a trusted adult, tell a trusted friend, and hopefully that's escalated and that can be dealt with. We do a lot with schools to just, again, let, allow us to get to young people. So we're constantly educating young people about what bullying means. A lot of young people that we come in contact with, when you tell them this, actually, this is bullying, they go, oh, oh, actually, I didn't realize it was just banter. Oh, that banter. That and word. that it's comes up again and again. And that's why we as educators, but most importantly, as parents, we owe it to our own children to educate them firstly about behavior. Because everyone says, yes, my child has been bullied. But what about the bully? Who's, who's the parent of the bully? Um, I loved what Tessie was saying um, about kindness and positivity. And so I wanted to know, um, obviously Instagram is taking lots of steps to try to prevent negative behaviours or bullying behaviours from reaching the young people at the other end of them. But theoretically, what could Instagram be doing to to get those bullies or those people who think that they're just being funny or it's just banter to actually reflect on what they're saying? You know, I just wondered if you any of you, but particularly Tessie, had any suggestions about what that might look like inside Instagram or Facebook or wherever? Well, I think any tool that allows people to reflect on their own behaviour, like, just allows you to pause, especially when you type in a word, like, you're so stupid or something, and it allows you to pause for a second to reflect on that. Yeah. I, I don't want well, for Instagram, so I, I hope that that's something that they might be able to build into, into the system at some point. I do commend them for sessions like this, where we're constantly having these conversations and talking to parents. Um, just recently, when they released the, the parent tool, one of the things that we did with them at the Dan Award was to send that out to every single child that we work with across all the schools and we work with about 30,000 young people just on our anti-bullying program but you know there's an African proverb that talks about it takes a whole village to raise a child I think this has to be beyond just the technology you know technology has a role to play we all have that role to play as well we can't be raising good citizens when we are not good citizens ourselves so we is that constantly role model role modeling the behavior that we want young people to copy Thank you so much for coming, and thank you so much to lovely Instagram for having us. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, can we have a round of applause for our panel, please? After the panel, I cornered my daughter Liberty to see what she thought of it all. Did you get any nuggets of information? Have you felt like you've learned anything from it? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've really learned that 
um, it's really important to be open with your parent and be willing to talk to them when there's issues and issues arise on social media and to be able to um, communicate and understand what's right and what isn't right when posting on there and be willing to let them advise you and take it all on board, definitely. Do you think you would say to your friends, if they're having trouble, would you talk to them, um, tell them to go to a parent or find someone? How would, how would you help a friend that is struggling on social media? I would probably say, yeah, if they have a close relationship with their parent, then obviously that is the perfect situation and they should definitely talk to them. But obviously in some situations that isn't the case. So then I think if there's any advice that us as friends can give them as well, or just any any wisdom or any past experiences that we've had um, to tell them, you know, how they should go about it and just, yeah, and if it's really serious, tell them to go to, or if even if it's not telling them to go to someone, go to someone yourself or actively seek um, someone who can help them out without even if they haven't asked you to do that if you think it's the necessary thing to do sometimes that's got to happen I think So do you think based on what we spoke about in the panel, do you think you'll make any changes to the way you use social media? I think that um, mainly I'll just you know, really think about everything I post more and think about how it will impact everybody obviously I did do that before but I think coming today has made me realise that um, you know, teenagers are on it all the time and they're really watching what everyone else is up to so it's really important that we only put out stuff that we're willing for other people my age to see and what I want you know, people to, to look at and to, to think is the right thing to do I think what Tessie was saying about um, vulnerable children in different situations, I think that might be something that you may be able to think about because maybe you were projecting your social media to you and like-minded and maybe you have to think further afield and how different people use it and, yeah, and their definitely. situations. Yeah, definitely. I think when posting on social media, it's quite easy to you know, forget that every single person that follows you is different and all their stories are different and the way they'll react to what you're posting is different. Um, so I think, yeah, after today it's made me realise that everything I post is going out to so, like, you know, a lot of people and then you know, they're all going to take it on board in different ways. So it's really important to think about those people when you're posting it because not everyone's life is the same, yeah. But that's basically what I've been trying to teach you all these years, <laughs> yeah. tone of voice and then, yeah, you know, you come to one panel talk and now you're listening yeah well <laughs> sorry yeah I think it's really important to own a voice because people can take what you say that in the wrong way so easily and in real life that wouldn't happen with the tone of voice so I think because you get expressions and you can see from yeah. somebody's face how exactly they're meaning that yeah. whereas in the written word it's very very different yeah and I think for teenagers as well it's so hard when posting on social media to remember that tone of voice is important because you get carried away and you just assume everyone's gonna understand it and, yeah but obviously they're not not everyone's going to take it the same way so it's really important to think about that so today there was a lot of talk about how schools are managing social media and teaching um, and reacting to things that are actually happening on social media how do you think your schools you've been at a couple of secondary schools so how do you think they have been dealing with social media issues 
I think that um, over time they've got better at dealing with it because when I was a younger teen, social media was, was kind of new, not new, but the teachers weren't as involved and they didn't know as much about it, so situations would arise where the school didn't have much control over it, whereas I think now the school have much more control and they can, you know, they're advising the students all the time. And I think students, due to this, are really more aware of the dangers on social media because it's, you know, the teachers are telling them about it all the time. So I think over time it's got better and better. Do you think, though, um, a lot of the talk from schools is about the dangers, um, about sharing sexual content, about contacting people or showing your whereabouts? Yeah. Do you think there could be more to do with kindness and how you actually interact with people? Yeah, I think a a lot of what schools kind of portray is that social media is a negative environment, but actually lots of positive can come from it too and like you said the kindness and then if, if everyone's just being told about the negatives they're going to forget that they need to be kind that they need to you know take on board what everyone else is going to think about everything um, so I think it's really important actually schools you know portray that positive side of, of social media as well because everyone's using it they're not they wouldn't use it if it was a negative place they they enjoy using it so there's something positive coming from it yeah Another thing that was raised in there is, and that I'm going to try and do myself is I'm going to set the screen time for um, Instagram. No, for me first, because obviously I use it for work, but I I feel that I could cut down. I don't really need to be looking at quite so much, but I'm actually considering, not you, your old day, you know, we've come through the other side, but maybe the others. How do you think um, children will react to that? Um, I think it. I don't think they would always react in a in a good way. I think it'd be quite a shock to, you know, in our family, you haven't had that, you haven't implemented that rule before. So for them to go from being able to go on it whenever they want for however long they want to suddenly having a restriction, I think that would be quite hard for them to deal with. But at the same time, I think but it we could is use necessary. it as a tool to show rather than saying right, this yeah. is all you're allowed. If we say right, look, what do you think? Is yeah, a reasonable definitely. amount of time a day. Let's talk about it. Let's set yeah. that time, and then once it beeps, go. Is that good that they could then be reminded that? Oh yeah, gosh, yeah, definitely. I think so. I think the word reasonable is important as well because your, you know, the amount of hours or however long you think they should spend on it will be different to the amount of hours they want to spend on it. So I think finding that balance and finding that reasonable amount of time is would be really good in our in our family anyway. I think yeah. Thank you, Liberty. It's always insightful as ever. Thank you for your time. (laughs) No problem, don't worry. (laughs) I'm really lucky that Liberty has such a sensible approach to social media and maybe I've learned a few more tools today that I can help her in the future. And what about the audience? Did they learn something useful from today? The panel discussion reinforced something I've long thought, which is that you have got to have a large series of discussions with your children over time from sort of young primary school age which is what I've I've been talking to my kids about social media since they were even younger than that and you have to keep on uh, doing that. That's the most important thing is, is to make sure that they've got a relationship with you that they feel that they can come and talk to you. And today just kind of raised the question that actually I ha- have to think about it. I have to think that yeah actually when they turn 13 uh, at some stage, they're going to get their mobile phone, they're going to get the access online, and I have to think now about what I'm going to do then. I probably did the wrong thing in that I policed everything. I, had, I still have access to her account. 
I don't look at it too often these days, but I did what Justine was talking about and basically read everything that she did in private messages, including when she got a boyfriend. Especially when she got a boyfriend. It is a mixed blessing because on the one hand you want them to have wonderful networks, be inspired by body positivity and and great, uh, I guess, role models. But on the other hand, you don't want them vulnerable to... To, yeah, bullying. Today was sort of comforting and sort of frightening. The, the lesson I'm trying to take from that is um, you have to try and, and keep an open dialogue and all that jazz, but, but maybe that's not always possible. Um, and maybe, as was also said today, you can't control everything, and it's perhaps about being there, limiting the damage where you can, and perhaps being there if things do go wrong, making sure you're available. Thanks to everyone who spoke to me today and thanks for listening. I hope it's been helpful. You can find more about Instagram and teens on their parenting guide and you can find me on Instagram at Impolife. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon and sign into thepool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we we'll see you there.